Arsenal legends Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event, so if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 68 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is, uh, is Neil Briggs, who's had another tough weekend. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, positives to take again, and uh, um, you'll have to try and take some positives out of it anyway, Eve. And then, poor Spurs, your soccer team got destroyed as well by Newcastle, so not good. But and, and we lost the club AIL Cup final on Sunday. And we lost the club as well. Week. What a weekend! Tough weekend. <laughs> Why would anyone go? Maybe but, maybe uh, the Munster team give you a little bit of a lift with their second half performance, but. Um, Look, just going back to your game briefly, um, I know the listeners want to know your thoughts on on what happened on Saturday and um, disappointing to lose. Uh, and I know your mentality is, even though England were such strong favourites, um, you were probably going in with a, a, a tough uh, mentality and hoping for more, but um, some positives yeah. still. Yeah, a huge amount of positives really, which is not really to sound condescending or patronising, I think. Uh, to hold England scoreless for 30 minutes in the second half was unbelievable for us in our defensive shape considering that we hadn't been great before that in terms of our cohesion and then our line integrity. We still missed way too many tackles um, but I, I made life difficult for ourselves in that last seminar period. Um, but they were, they're definitely maturing and getting, getting better as the weeks are going on. We can see that and we can see those kind of green shoots. So from that point of view, there's a huge amount of confidence to take into this weekend. Just got to be more patient with the ball. I think kicked it away when we didn't need to at times. Um, and we were just a little bit too passive in attack. So we're just focusing on key points or one or two little things every week. And um, the nature of the beast is that as we focus on one or two things, we're kind of forgetting about other things at times as well. So it's just trying to marry everything together that we've been through over the last five or six weeks. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's... A huge part of you is immensely proud of that group and how they stuck with it. And, you know, we were a try down within 90 seconds um, and then to be 27 nil down at half time and then to be still 27 nil down on 70 minutes mark. Uh, we just um, needed to be needed to be better in that last 10 minutes. We, we gifted up some uh, very soft tries, which is incredibly frustrating. But I'm pride and proud, I suppose, of the girls, but also frustrated that we didn't put points on the board. Is it hard to pick them up after a game like that um, or pick yourselves up? Because it's difficult. You know, you played four and lost four and that's not the plan. Um, we know where the team were at probably beforehand and the development kind of path you're on. But is it hard to pick yourself up and the other coaches and players? Yeah, look, you're obviously questioning yourself as a coach and you're questioning lots of things that you're doing and whether you're doing things right. And then they do something at training or they do something in a match and you realise, okay, look, we're on the right road. So it kind of gives you that little, I suppose, affirmation that what we're doing and how we're going about our business is the right. It's just that we're trying to marry technical and tactical ability um, on the international stage and, and try and learn and develop that. It can be hard. Look, I'm not going to tell you a word of a lie. It's a bit of... A very, you know, I've already said it, but it's been quite a draining few weeks in terms of, um, you know, you'd love us to just get a get a win because I feel like we've worked incredibly hard. Then so have every other country. So, you know, as well as I do, we don't always get what we deserve in sport. We've just got to go and earn it now. And I think 
the one big last push for this week and um and we'll see where we are. There's a lovely tweet in here um when I put out a tweet yesterday from Mark Meehan who was with us um from the supporters club earlier in yeah. the was it last year or early late late last season or early this last season? season. I yeah. Um and Mark sent uh, a lovely message on Twitter. Uh from Neve at the game on Saturday in Musgrave Park. Neve's care and leadership with the team was just outstanding. Word of confidence, care and connecting with the players before, during and after the game. True leadership is what you do when times are tough. Well done, Neve. Really nice message. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, when your back is against the wall, you've got to stick together. And um, But look, it's, I thought it was a lovely message to read out. Um, just for the record, England scored 58 points against Scotland in round one. Uh, 68 against Italy in round two. And 59 against... Um, against Wales in round three away. Are they the best team in the competition? Or are oh, on fire. Uh, it'll be a really good match this weekend. They've obviously sold over 50,000 tickets for Twickenham, which is incredible um, and unbelievable to get there. Uh, yeah, look, they really, really are. They're like, to, it's the sheer size of them and the pace that they move at is. Uh, unbelievable to watch but also scary to play against I'd imagine because when you're taking off one prop that's 100 and odd kgs and you're bringing on someone like Sarah Byrne who's 100 and whatever and second row is 100 and whatever and all of a sudden you're up against a, a tight five that weighs more than your scrum it's just it's mental and they can move and they can chip the ball so um, yeah look they are they're very well they're great they're a really, really good side and um, but we at times made them made pressure them into the mistakes we made them look a little bit ordinary in terms of that edge attack I know they were frustrated we chatted after the game with their coaching group with some of their players we made life difficult for them which is great and something that we can hold on to for this weekend and we, we talk about Munster all the time and it's going to be a big challenge for us as a group whether we can get to that pitch mentally again this Saturday you know a lot of tired and sore bodies from, from the weekend when you've Defended for some for such long periods throughout eighty minutes, there's always going to be a huge collision rate, and I think that um, we've got to try and bring ourselves back up now, as you know, come Saturday to get to that pitch so that we can compete at that level. And what is the mentality for Saturday? So Scotland were beaten; uh, they beat Italy twenty nine twenty one at home. Um, so they had yeah, that was their first yeah, that was their first win as well. Um, so yeah, look, I remember. Mentality is to go and get after them. We've obviously identified things that we can get better at um, and we've identified areas that we can go after them too. And I think that um, we've got to be brave. I say it every week to the girls. They must think I'm harping on her like a broken record. But I feel like if we can just push that pass one more time, if we can look to get the, the little bit of space, but attack it um, you know, square on and with pace, then we can, you know, we've got a really good back three centre partnership that we can we can do damage. I think we've looked at like the Derv Nicovered who's even in a, a rough kind of a campaign for us, she's still gaining a huge amount of metres every time she carries. She's still a huge live wire and um and Neve Jones, like she made twenty eight tackles against England, missed none. Like incredible, incredible stats. And so we've just got to go and be confident. And I think it's you know it's easier said than done obviously because we've not had a, a great start and we've you know we've lost our games but we have to take the green shoots from every single game and try and marry them together. We had a really good session this morning, really good, great buy-in by the players, really good energy. So, um, yeah, I think we just got to keep going forward. Okay. Well, look, good luck for this week anyway, again, and um, 
hopefully you can get that elusive win. That would be um reward for all the hard work. But um, as you know yourself, sport can be tricky at times and uh, hopefully you're, you, the team are going to learn from this and, and um, get better. That's what everyone wants. Um, there was great support there again, which was lovely to see on Saturday. Um, so lots of Lots of positive people out supporting me. Um, okay, let's move on to the Munster match. Um, two weeks, uh, two extraordinary results. Um, seven points from two games. We didn't see it, um, and I don't think anyone in Munster would be offended by any pundits um, saying that it's going to be extraordinarily difficult to get anything in South Africa, given where the Stormers were. They hadn't lost in 21 games at home. Uh, champions of the competition last year. And given what happened a couple of weeks ago when Munster played the Sharks in the Champions Cup. So I don't think there's no bright sparks out there who predicted this, but the team deserve massive credit. Um, we give them, you know, they got some criticism in the last few weeks for, for the Glasgow game and for the Sharks game. Two very good strong sides they were playing, but um, they, sh- they could have been better. And by their own admittance, they should have been and could have been better. Doesn't wouldn't have guaranteed them wins there, but um, they had a dip. But if you look at where they are, and um, we keep going back because it's it's a good reference point. Um, in the last eleven URC games, they've won nine and lost two. That's not that's a great return. Given um, every team has a little bit of a lull here and there and can get caught out, so um, to win at nine of their last eleven since they beat Connacht on the 26th of, of October, um, they've gone, gone on a really good run there. I think, obviously, you know, we were dwelling on the Glasgow game a few weeks ago when it was at home and how damaging that could have been. Um, sorry, they played 11, they lost two and drew one. My apologies. I, f- I, keep, for- I keep thinking the Sharks game is like a win, but it is. Um, so it's been a very good run, really, when you think about it. And it's brilliant that they're back on track. Just to look at the table, and we'll go on to the tweets in a minute. So Munster finished fifth on 55 points. We probably didn't see this after seven rounds either when they lost five games, Neve. No, 100%. I think uh, it's it's incredible. I um, met uh, Andrew Connery, who was bouncing around the HPC uh, this morning. We were just chatting about it. Like, what? Like, that is a success for Munster for this season, considering the start and then obviously getting into Europe and getting into the knockout stages of the URC like that's just an unbelievable finish and it takes you know a huge amount of credit to that coaching staff but also to the playing group for sticking with it because look you know I you can know you can say like that they could have easily gone back to what they were used to and and things like that and and gone back into their shell a little bit but they didn't they continued to be brave they continued to push their skills, push the pace of how they played, push the intensity of what they did or what the of how they went about their thing about things and um and I think that's 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 like incredible. That is just complete and utter buy in. And when you have that, you can do so much. So yeah, I'm delighted for them. I really, really am. Yeah, you could be greedy and say, well, it would be better to be in the top four um if they'd won one <laughs> or two of those games at the start. But the point is, you know, nobody, everyone was really being um, pessimistic after seven rounds when you'd lost five of your first seven. I think the big plus here now is, in, obviously, they're in the playoffs, but Europe is really, really important, not just from actually the prestige of playing in the competition, 
But from a financial point of view, corporate hospitality and match days, supporters, excitement of the fans coming in, big teams coming to Thorman Park. And, you know, being being on the road in Europe is something that um, obviously Munster have had great journeys and great success over the years. So I think it's really important to be in that competition. And a couple of weeks ago, it, it looked like it was hampered by that loss to Glasgow. But... You know, they went to South Africa and to beat the Stormers and get a draw against the Sharks, given they were 22-3 down at half time. Um, and I thought, um, we'll go into this a little bit more in a minute, I thought genuinely that it was going to be a big hurdle to climb, a mountain to climb, I should say, um, to kind of back it up after the Stormers, the euphoria of that win. And, you know, most probably it was 95% sure that they were in Champions Cup and in the, they were in the playoffs. But... To go out and dig in and fight like they did in the second half, and possibly should have won it. Graham Rountree said he should have won it. Yeah, in the end, I, be, I was I was raging for the last phases of play. They should have won that. They should have had more. They should have been calmer. They should have been more clinical in that space. Think think about the top four teams and and their ability to execute and and be accurate at clinical moments. That was one and one certainly raging. But they'll also learn a huge amount from it. As it turned out, it wouldn't have made a difference if they got a bonus point win. They'd be on 56 points. Glasgow, they would have needed... No, it's the be, confidence. But psychologically. But look, um, a draw here is nearly as good as a win, given the scoreline just in the start of the second half. After yeah. round 16, Munster had the most carries. Uh, they were third for the most metres. Most pa- They had the most passes in the league. Uh, most offloads as well. So they were really good stats from an attack point of view. So we've seen a transition in the way this team has played. You mentioned it, them being brave, their attack, their confidence to, to try and play rugby and play more attractive rugby from what we'd seen the, under the previous regime, which, um, you know, there was a lot of frustration at times when they lost games. I know they still had some big wins over the last number of years under the previous coaches, but I think they've kind of captured the imagination and got the Munster fans back on board. Again, we're not being unrealistic here and thinking Munster should be winning trophies. There's still a good bit way to go. But I think the way they've played, and the stats prove that, and the stats do again from the weekend. Let's we, we go, go into the game a little bit more in a minute and get uh, two weeks. Read out some of the tweets there um, and what the fans' thoughts were on the two weeks, which I put the tweet out. And one thing I did say, which I... It's kind of a question and then me providing a little bit of my opinion, which is... I'll say it again. They deserve massive credit for what they did in the last two weeks. Yeah, hugely. Kim McGivney agreed. He said a huge credit to all involved to win versus Stormers and then almost nick a win versus Sharks. After Glasgow, the squad really came together and put in two strong performances, roll on Glasgow away in two weeks' time. Uh, Granny Bab said Stephen Archer should get the freedom of every butcher and monster free stakes for life. Uh, Shane Ivers' battle showed the steel we have been looking for all season. Great win. John Dewey, uh, super second half, brilliant to finish fifth considering where we were after seven matches. Best defence in the league despite the three-match spell when we fought hard for when we forgot how to. Glasgow yeah, so that, hard. Just, just on that one, Neve, the best defence, well, points uh, conceded, points against. So Munster have 3-5-7 and the next best, Leinster on 3-6-3. So points conceded. They're the least amount conceded in the league. So that kind of and tells we were worried a few weeks ago. And given that even period for Scarlets and Glasgow where they conceded a lot of tries and points, um, 
that's a really good return. So there is even positives in um, in that um, that you can take out of that from a defensive point of view. Um, their scramble defence has been brilliant when they've been under pressure mm. and games this season. So uh, that's a good point to, to kind of clarify as well. Three, five, seven, uh, least amount of points conceded in the league. It doesn't win your trophies, but it's something that you can kind of measure. Helps you win games. Helps you win games. Uh, Glasgow will be hard. We were missing tackles. They will punish us. Munster to win by three points in a high intensity game. Shane McLaughlin, when Healy came on, he was a game changer. Crossfield kicks behind massive spirals. He's going to be a massive loss. I'm always a critical of the penalty machine that is Archer, but he's put massive shifts, shifts in the last few weeks and is playing very well. Murray class outfit as always. And Liam Sheehan, the dog is back. Munster gave themselves a hill to climb at half time, but stuck to the task. Murray was masterful and Healy did well on his introduction. Pete gave a masterclass on disruptive back row play. Bring on Glasgow. Paul Carter, great to see Keith Earls join the 200 club. Any word on his future with the club? Two great shifts by, put in by the lads in South Africa. Ben Healy was immense centre pairing of Frisch and Fekatola on real roll on Glasgow. Uh, just a word there in Earlsy telling me 200 club, unbelievable. Uh, devastating to see him come off. When yeah, he's, am I right in saying it's the 14th player to, to get over 200 caps? Yeah. Um, I think I was, I was back there and it was Axel first, then it could have been it was I was close. I was next. I think John Hayes, Dunica, loads of them running. They all started to come in. Um, it's incredible. It's incredible for Keith yeah. Um I, He was on the bench for us in 2008 in, in the Heineken Cup final. That's nearly 15 years it's ago. Baby. It's nearly 15 yeah. years ago this May. Um, it's phenomenal. Um, he's had an incredible career and not just with Ireland, but with Munster and um, one club man. It's been it's been brilliant um, playing with him and seeing him how he's developed and the type of person he is as well. My heart was broken for him as all the Munster fans uh, were there because we were yeah. we were sitting right behind the dugout Munster dugout in in uh, Kings Park on Saturday evening, and um, to see him coming off the field and the disappointment and frustration because. You know, he may not play again for Munster. Who knows? Um, and it's it's heartbreaking. So on his 200 cap, he picks up another injury. And he's had a, you know, kind of a very unlucky season with injuries. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. But deserves massive credit to get over 200 caps because he's 98 or 99 caps for Ireland as well. 98. 98, 98 for Ireland, so, yeah. Um, I'd love to see him. Everyone would love to see him well. as well. But look, yeah. um, it, was, it was a shame to see him picking up another injury. But he deserves... Um, you know, great credit for 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 being around for that long and being such a great player for Munster over the years. Yeah, absolute class, and um, it's when your peers speak so highly about you all the time, um, then you know you're doing something right. So uh, incredible stuff. Uh, just a couple more. The Joe says fantastic return from two tough away games in South Africa. Really impressed by the younger players such as Na- Nash and Kendellan, for example who showed real maturity despite their age. Hopefully we take the same attitude to our trip to Glasgow. At Dennis Milan, great result in performance. Seven points from a two-week trip to South Africa is a brilliant result. Well done, lads. Was that match in Cork on Saturday, encouraging to hold the England team scoreless? Oh, that's from the women's. Fair play to you. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, Alan O'Flynn, hi all. Unreservedly agree with the opening tweet. Enjoyed watching Munster find a way to turn the game around. Also a note, they simply refused to be bullied by the powerful Sharks. Munster more than deserved the right to go and achieve. 
Tom Lundgren, two massive results for Munster in South Africa. It took Peter Mann, he deleted that Munster dog in the second half to rattle the Sharks. But the lads were soaked from then on in and never looked back. 18 points without reply in the second half away to South Africa is testimony to the spirit of the Munster cap. Okay. Um, yeah, look, they're all very similar, to be fair. I think that's what they're 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 talking about most. Yeah, we can't we can we can't read them all out, but look, thanks for to, to everyone for, for getting involved and giving us their thoughts. I think everyone is happy um to a point that you know they're in the playoffs and they're in Europe next year. So but bonus territory, but if Graham Roundtree, Roundtree heard me saying, uh, well, you're in bonus territory now, it's grand, you can relax, uh, he wouldn't be too happy. But you know what I mean. There's a little bit of pressure off. Um, as regards and, I, and I've and i said this if they're in the playoffs in Europe they, they, they'll be a handful for anyone if they get it right um, yeah. and play with a little bit more freedom I think they were panicky a little bit in that first half on Saturday against the Sharks so um, 22 all draw Munster we, we reckon could have won it Would, given the dominance of the Sharks in the first half it might have been a little tad unfair but the way Munster played from about the 45th minute onwards was phenomenal now the stats are crazy. Munster at 69% possession, which is a load when you're away from home. Uh, 19 defenders beaten, 11 offloads, 69% territory. So they're playing in the right areas. And this is an incredible stat. So tackles made by both sides, 143 tackles by the Sharks. Munster had to make 41 tackles. So low. That's surely not right. It, it is right. They just had so much ball. Um, the Sharks... Yeah. The Sharks hadn't any sustained long periods of pressure. No, I know. They kicked a lot, yeah. So they didn't get into multi-phase too often. No, okay. The three tries they got in the first half, one was the mall. Um, again, uh, uh, the uh, Cox scored a second try. Um, again, that wasn't from... That was a, a, um, a, a line break and he picked and went close to the rook and Nacho scores a third try from a mall off the side of a mall again. Um 12 missed tackles. The Sharks missed 19. Um, turnovers won, Monster 5. And their penalty count, even though they gave away, I think it was 4 or 5 penalties in the scrum, penalty count was 9. So it was under under the double figures. So the stats there would suggest that um, Monster could have and should have won this game. But you can't take away from the fact of the power and that physicality early on and that early dominance from the Sharks. They were just so powerful. And there wasn't a great flow to the game and they have an ability to stop that. So really powerful side. But in the end, and this is where I'm going to talk about the positives and negatives, uh, Monsters Fitness, something we spoke about two weeks ago, and maybe we're misconstrued in what we're trying to say there. We're talking about fitness at the start of the season, hitting the ground running and pre-season and all that stuff. I still st- say um, that that could have been better based on what I saw. There was mitigation in there, of course, with the, the tour to South Africa and the number of injuries Munster had. They were probably hit hardest by that development tour in South Africa. That Emerging Ireland tour, remember that was in September and they had a lot yeah. of players go on that. Um, so there's a bit of mitigation in there. But when I was talking about the fitness, it was just really... It took a bit of time with what Mike Prendergast was trying to do in attack. But their fitness in the second half the other day was a big strength. They just looked... The Sharks looked out on their feet... Um, yeah. Against and the collisions and the power that they possess defensively around it's the, the intensity. Of, it's hard. The intensity going. that they were able and, to go. Yeah. Monster were just playing with pace, tempo, going over and back. 
such loads of players making just hitting brick walls but going again and again and again and they got some space the mental toughness and that's something that you can really take out of this tour is the way they dug in into the two weeks and they fought like hell to get results um, and the character the character of the players you talk about Peter O'Mahony lots of people do but his character and his fight I saw it out a lot of players in the last two weeks yeah. and they deserve to, to be to, to be applauded for that some will argue that that should be a given um, when you put on a monster jersey, but you have to learn that as well and, and that toughness that you need when your back is against the wall. So I thought that was incredible and real big positive in the last two weeks, aside from the results. Um, the attack, um, they you know took opportunities when they presented themselves. The mall was a really good thing. Probably the negatives were, certainly in the first half, was the scrum. Um and that's really difficult when you're up against Oxenche, Ombanambi, and uh, so big. Thomas Toy. And that front row is an international front row, so powerful. So it was tough in Jeremy Lockman, Stephen Archer, and Dermot Barn because there was there was so much power coming through. But technically, they seemed to get it right. And collectively, as a forward pack in that second half, there was a few crucial scrums that they just had to lock out, get the ball away. But they were under pressure there. So to get the result they did under so much pressure and I would say another thing in the first half a little bit of panic they were trying to force things a little bit and didn't protect the ball like they should have um, but all the positives are really for, for what happened I, in the half. yeah look I think from a two week tour it's been incredibly positive I think we spoke about you know how they dropped off a little bit beforehand and how frustrating that was must have been for them as coaching group and and and, and the players the only negative that I have, and it's it's something's kind of been, it's not, it's happened a bit over the season is the slow start, the, the slow start for the first forty minutes. Well, We're getting into, and it was the opposite from the week before, wasn't it? Because that's I know, but that's kind of that was a little bit of the anomaly around around the 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 season, I suppose. I think, I think if they continue to give teams slow starts, look, they're not going to catch any team now. Like the way it's gone up, it, it's gone into cup. Cup rugby now. We're talking about teams being really clinical. We're talking about teams being having the ability to execute more. So once teams get those those fast starts against us, they're just going to be gone. So you've got to really make sure that come that Glasgow game, that's a fast start. Do you know what they they're just so, can't afford? I agree with you entirely. Do you know what this team is so much better at doing though? Is chasing teams down if they're behind. You still feel there's tries in them. I didn't feel that in the last couple of years, Neve. You know, when they went behind yeah, yeah. in in previous years, the attack wasn't there to find tries. So I, that's one thing, but I agree entirely. No coach wants to let the opposition start really well because it sets the tone for the whole game. Um, and that was that was brilliant. The mental toughness of the players. And then if we were starting picking out players like um, John Klein. We have to talk about Calvin Nash. Okay, I know, I know you're forward and you love to talk about forwards. Well, I do the sure forward first. You, 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 you. No, but can we just talk about Calvin Nash? He surely has to be a bowler for that World Cup squad. Like when you look at, we're talking about players on form. He is on form. When you look at the likes of the other provinces and the other wingers and the back three players that the other provinces have, he is the most on form right winger in the country at the moment. He's surely, the most, he's the most improved player I've seen because um, he always had that talent and ability. Uh, but I just think there's a there's a flow to his game now, a work rate coming in off the sideline, making passes, 
He's just been brilliant. He's defensively um, improved, got his mm. timing right. He was never a bad tackler, but his timing and his positioning is so good. Um, under the high ball, at one stage, box kick in the second half from Conor Murray, Nash is up winning in the air. Big, big, big moments in the game. He was outstanding. As were Malachi Fekitoa. I thought he was sensational. Mm. And Anton Frisch, the two centres with the ball. Fekitoa's ability to square up in traffic is really good. His ability the... to explode into it. Into, it's kind of Josh Van der Fleer-esque. He's a hip, so he's, he's going lateral. The minute the contact's made, he's got ability to whip his body around to square up into contact. Thought he was very good as well. But even from a work rate point of view, like oh, yeah, yeah. multiple carries, something that he struggled with at the start of the season. Shane Daly, Conor Murray, the veteran we call him, he won't mind us saying that. I thought he was brilliant over these two games. His reaction he since he was far dropped, off my man the match. Yeah, wouldn't be far off my man. His reaction from being dropped for Northampton back in January, I think he's 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 it's kind of a Great example for young sports people. You yeah, know, if they're dropped. Agreed. We hope Joey Carberry is the same reaction. Um, and we'll talk about him in a second. But uh, Murray was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We can't go through every player. Um, Peter you can go O'Mahony through your again. forwards now. Go on, go through Yeah, Peter O'Mahony again. The fight, the determination. He got himself put in the bin. Ken Dillon, uh, unbelievable tackles. Work right around the field. Gavin Coombs again. Lots of big carries. Um, I, I was... Um, and listen, he's probably he's not an international yet, Finian Witcherly, or has he been capped? Uh, he's been capped, is he, he? Yeah, he has once. He I thought he was incredible. He's come back in from injury in incredible shape. He's come back in incredible shape. He was absolutely brilliant the other day. The carries, um, the work rate, the tackles, um, just absolutely brilliant. I thought he was he he really deserved to be up there and spoken about as 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 possible player. He's one cap. Sorry, my my apologies to Finine. I just I uh, lost my track there for a minute. But look, he's um he was brilliant. Uh, he was came on against Japan in twenty twenty one in in uh, but he did yeah. great. Came on John Klein again. Uh, we'll move on to the. Lots of tweeters, sorry, were asking about John Klein and what he has to do to make that, to get into Andy Farrell's thoughts. What are your thoughts on that? If you get into Paul O'Connell's thoughts, I think, um, <laughs> I think well, they'll, they'll, you know they'll be very, very aware of of um, of how he's improved. And I think his ball-handling ability and he's, come, he's, he's become much better at, at making passes, the little wraparound passes, the offloads. He's very, very direct. He's brilliant in malls. The work rate, the work rate. carries is phenomenal. So he, he he deserves he deserves to be in the the picture. I think and spoken about. Yeah, um, I agree. Some very good second rows ahead of him. Um, James Ryan, Ty Byrne, um, you name the rest of them. I'm gone blank again. Uh, oh yeah, look, no, it's in, we know it's a, a fairly stacked kind of yeah, a fairly stacked. Um, and this is the thing with this Irish squad. Uh, there's, there's the depth chart is incredible for nearly every position that we talk about. So you've got to be doing something very exceptional to get in there. And I just think, you know, we've made mistakes before of going into World Cups with players that have credit in the bank as opposed to players on form at times. And sometimes you need to just go with the players on form. So I don't know. I look as in to be fair to like that Leinster second row partnership, you know, they're still in Europe. Ulster are still going very well. So 
it's not like as in you know John Klein is playing so much better than everybody else I just think that he deserves to be in and around that if you're talking about a 50 I think is it a 52 man squad they announced for the World Cup training is that what it is I'm not sure what they'll um... if you're looking at that kind of number surely he has to be in there for that for that much yeah he's um, he's certainly been really really consistent I think you could add add him to the rest of the group. Who's your Who's your star of the week? Um, star of the week for me, Stephen Archer played eighty minutes over both games. It's phenomenal. Um, yeah, incredible. And it's not just look. I know the scrum was under pressure in that first half, but he's he's his performance around the field was brilliant. Um, yeah, isn't the kind of a sympathy vote for Stephen? He won't want it. I just think it's not just about playing the eighty minutes. I think he's no, his work rate. He got on the ball huge amount. Still yeah, yeah. good at the breakdown. I just saw him the other day in so many occasions in that match, um, just being first, second person there, clearing out. And then you're coming up against a very powerful, um, disruptive side who want to counter up. Yeah. Um, very, very physical. And I thought he was... I, I will give you that one, to be fair. Even though I'm a hard push for Calvin Nash, I will give you that one. Yeah, tell listen, me this and tell me no more. You were over there. Was the atmosphere yeah, was, good? What was it like? It was brilliant. Yeah, I was there. It was 95 Munster supporters there with Rugby Travel Ireland. That group, there was a little sporadic pockets of other Munster fans who maybe living in South Africa or travel out themselves, but there was 95 of us with Rugby Travel Ireland. It was brilliant. We had an event on Friday night before the Stormers game. Um, Donald Lenahan interviewed Graham Rountree and, and Dave Kilcoyne for the 95 supporters, which was lovely. Um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, great to have the monster, some of the monster party come in and Graham to come in like that and Dave Kilcoyne. And then in Durban on Friday night, I interviewed um, R.G. Snyman and Mike Prendergast for the same group. Um, so, Oh, brilliant. Um, the 95 monster supporters there were were kind of blown away. Talk, how is uh, R.G. tell me in terms of, is he get is he back? And yeah, he's brilliant. Return to um, play? He seems, yeah, he it was, obviously it was a head knock and... Um, He's going to be available the next day. Um, looks very fit. Starts looking looking lean. Um, spoke about you know the tough times with the injury and all that. And he was so great with all the the fans that were there. Stayed for ages. Photos for everyone. As did Mike. And as we were during during the chat, Dennis Leamy, Andy Kiriaki, Kiriaku, George Murray, um, Graham Rountree walked in, and uh, so they mingled and mixed. And I thought. Wow, that's brilliant. And um the about this match and even doing that event, Neve, was that God, are we, you know, the narrative here would be easy to go, well, we've got the five points last week now, and we can kind of sit back a little bit and you know, sharks will beat us and uh we'll accept that. But I love the fact that they had their game faces on as well and they they looked really focused. Um, yeah, I love the fact that they dug in there at the end, and you know they got just reward for hard work over 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 the period in South Africa. Well, so do you want lovely. to know what I love? I love that Graham Rountree is bringing this club back to the supporters. I feel like there's a real big connection now. I think that you know I've done a couple of things with them over those um, dinners, those corporate things, but he speaks about the support and how important it is to him and his family, and then obviously the Munster, the Munster team, and. And it's he is a word for everybody afterwards, and um, it's genuine. It's actually proper. You know, he's genuinely interested in what you've to ask yeah. him, what you've to say, and there's a really good connection there. And, and I think that so went true. away for a few years, and I think you see it coming back, back now. You know, it's it's incredible. There's a really good feel around the club at the moment, and um, 
And even when the results aren't going, you know, brilliant in terms of we obviously had that tough home or home defeat to Glasgow. There's no, there's no one coming down on anybody with anything. It's a case of okay, look, here we are. This we're very realistic, but there's all they can see things without emotion, and I think that that's a huge testament to to Roundtree and his coaching staff. Yeah, he's. I think there's an honesty there, Neve, and I think the fans get that. I think he's he's up front when they don't play well. He'll speak about that. Um, he won't try and mask over it or hide away from it, and I think that's important. But I do. I agree with you entirely. Your know, Munster is more than just a team. Obviously, the team go out and they perform in the field. The fans have always been a really important part of of you know the match day experience and. You know, seeing the people who I was there with and what it means to them, uh, paying hard-earned money to go to South Africa, okay, it's a great trip, um, but it means everything. The results mean everything yeah. to them, and they loved it, and they were vocal, and I think the players came over after both games, and they could hear the fans singing and chanting and trying to make noise and supporting the team. Graham gets that. He, you know, he could easily have said... We have two important games in South Africa. We have no time to go into the hotel and meet a supporters group. But they didn't. They they came in. They let the players. Uh, he came in with Dave. Obviously, players are not playing, but the, he came in the first night and Dave Kilcoyne and RG Snyman and Mike Prendergast came in the second night. They sat up, chatted for a half an hour, um, stood for photos. And I think that was a lovely part of it. And the fans... You know, they felt part of the group. They felt part of that 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 group in South Africa. So that was a lovely part of it. And I think that's down to Graham Rountree. And um, I think he gets it. He's come from, played with Leicester for so long. And he, he similar club and culture and tradition. Um, you know, so look, nobody's going to get carried away here and think, right, we're back. Everything is great. It's not. There's still work to be done. Like I said, the last few weeks, they know that. But... I think it's a great reaction what we've seen the last two weeks, Nate, to the top, where this team can go and the big improvements that we've seen this year around attack uh, and around the way they're playing. I think that's the big positive. They've Obviously, when the season finishes, they've got to build on that. They're still underpowered in some positions and that's about depth in the squad. It's, no, it's not having a go at any individuals. The front row situation came up a lot in the last couple of weeks, but it's about getting more depth in certain positions. Again, you don't have a carte blanche checkbook that you can go out and just sign who you like. It's it's a process here. But I think it's really important from a financial point of view as well when you're down to talking about the brass tax that they're in Europe next yeah. year. Um, we'll talk more about Glasgow next week. Um, obviously, the good news, I think, for Munster is they'll have a number of players possibly coming back. Um they certainly won't underestimate, or Glasgow won't underestimate Munster because they had a really good result a few weeks ago. I think they know what we've seen in Munster the last two weeks, that if they get their game right, they can be a handful. And they proved that in the two games. John Hodnett could be back, Niall Scandal, Roman Salanoa, Dave Kilcoyne, RG Snyman, and small possibility that Ty Byrne could be in the mix as well. Um, Brilliant. That's not a bad group of players to have come back as Jesus. Uh, the business end of the season as regards, you know, getting a real strong bench over in Glasgow as well. And, yeah. uh, and maybe putting a few weeks ago, uh, what happened a few weeks ago to, to bed. Um, it's better than going to South Africa because, you know, there was every chance if Munster didn't get out in here, they could have been going back to the Stormers. So those two points um, gave them the opportunity and the chance to 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 
even though Glasgow is going to be very difficult and they've been superb this year, they finished eight points ahead of Munster in the league. So that's where they're at. That's going to be a really difficult game. Um, but it is great. It's a Saturday night and I'm sure that lots of Munster fans will go over there. And um, it's going to be a difficult game for sure, but they're in a, in a good position now and I think they have a week and a half. No game this weekend. We should mention, um, it's not a surprise that Leinster are top of the league. They've been brilliant this year. Uh, they won 17 or 18 games. They lost their first game on Saturday against a very strong Bulls side. So um, they've been absolutely brilliant. Ulster, after that blip period from kind of December yeah. to January, they've got themselves back on track and deservedly finished second. But Connacht, um, a lot yeah. of people tweeting about that, saying thanks to Munster at the weekend uh, for getting them up to seventh. Um, they deserve credit. Brilliant. Four Brilliant. provinces. And, uh, yeah. you know, so a good weekend for for the Irish. Uh, well, a good finish to the league. It wasn't a good weekend for, yeah. for the Leinster, that Leinster team, but I'm sure they'll learn a lot. And um, so that's it for um, episode 68 of the Red 78. And uh, we look forward to, to previewing the, the Glasgow game next week. And fingers crossed, toes crossed that you can get a result in, in Scotland as well. So good luck with that. And thanks again. Thanks, Mike. Thanks.